Thank you for joining us for another episode of the DOS and D Show. As always, we are so grateful and excited to have your company. On today's episode of the show, it's another new experience for us as we are joined by not one, but two special guests. Today's special guests are Paul and Elise Wintel, and they are the founders of My Healthy Baby, a his and hers box filled with the essential supplements that will optimize your bodies for preconception. Paul and Elise were living what most of us would consider as healthy lives, but realized changes would have to be made if they wanted to fall pregnant. Elise was smashing her body in her fitness endeavors with an incredibly low body fat ratio, but hadn't had a period for years, which her doctor said was normal, all while running her own business from home. Paul had a successful career, was playing football, into his fitness, but was getting sick and when tested, discovered he had a low sperm count. After deciding to make serious health changes, they also decided to make a huge lifestyle change. After getting married, they decided to leave everything they had in Melbourne behind them, buy a van and travel around Australia living a minimalist lifestyle. They share with us how quickly things change as two months later they settled just outside Byron Bay as they are now expecting their first child in only a month's time. This episode is everything. Paul and Elise share with us how they met, their successes of their marriage, tales from the van, living that minimalist lifestyle, carnivore diet, plenty of health tips and so much more. You guys are absolutely going to love this one. This is an inspiring episode filled with optimism and proof that we can all change our situation when we take a risk and trust our gut. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Doss and D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. The episode 47, mate. We're almost at the big 50. We almost are, mate. And this, this one, I know we say exciting every week and we actually were conscious to stop saying we're excited, but we are excited. And again, this week is a new experience for us. We're actually interviewing a husband and wife duo. A power couple, uh, we, we'd probably like to call them today. But uh, Paul and Elise Wintle, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for having us. It looks, we, we just spoke off air then. It's back here in Melbourne, in Mornington, it's very gloomy and, and wet and rainy. Can you just share with everyone, you know, what the weather's like up where you are? Because you're not down here, are you? Yeah, so we're in the Byron Bay hinterlands and overnight, it's probably colder here than where you guys are. So it got down to like, I've been, I've been checking the weather. So if it's, if it's really cold overnight, I, I try and see if we beat you guys. We were four degrees last night, I think. And I think you guys are like six degrees or something. So we get you overnight, but by about nine o'clock, the sun's shining. And I'm like outside of my board shorts eating breakfast and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about 20 degrees right now, I think, or something like that. So yeah. And how long have you guys been there for? So we've been in Byron for about, five months now we we were traveling in a van at the end of last year and we planned to go all the way around australia but elise fell pregnant and we came across a business opportunity so we made it up to the top of the east coast pretty much and um yeah we we liked byron and we nested here and yeah we're pretty happy that we did because um elise is a lot more comfortable rather than like me cooking steak in the van while she's got nausea you know like yeah <laughs> pregnant so <laughs> yeah that's awesome. I guess you've already list, listed it straight off the bat, but can you just share, I guess, with us um, this exciting new venture before we get into your backstory and how you guys kind of, like, we're going to talk about how you guys met and 
came together. But now you're business partners now as well. Can you kind of explain this, Elise, and this new venture that you guys have just jumped on? Yeah, so I think for a couple of years now, Paul and I have always had this vision that one day we would like to work together because we had a vision of a lifestyle that we wanted to create. We didn't want, you know, the nine to five. We wanted to have, be able to like create a family and Paul doesn't go off to work and I stay home with the child. Like we really wanted to be able to just have this ideal life. So for us, we knew that that would be if we worked together. Uh, We didn't know exactly what that would entail, but I think just over the years, we started gravitating towards health and based it on our, our own experiences because we do, Paul and I do so much together. We've, over the years, we've trained together. We run together. I don't know. We just, we do enjoy each other's company. Um, so if one person's focusing on a goal, like both of us will be focusing on a goal. So yeah, this business kind of just developed quite organically. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the business at the start and we'll we'll kind of work our way back in this episode. So can you tell us a little bit about what the business actually is and then we'll dive kind of a bit deeper after that? Yeah, so the business is called My Healthy Baby and it's a subscription box for preconception health. So there's a male box and a female box and it's filled with supplements that are essential for female and male hormones and not specifically for reproductive health but just um, overall health in general so yeah so it'll be a subscription base and there's protocols every month with the box that we want people who purchase the box to follow along so it's not just about taking supplements it's about creating a whole new lifestyle as well. So changing bad habits, creating new habits. Paul, you mentioned just before, so at least you felt pregnant. Was this all in the works before? So was this a lifestyle that you guys were living yourselves first? You've obviously realized, wow, like this has actually really helped us fall pregnant. We can actually help, you know, probably hundreds, if not thousands of other couples with their overall health and and then with the hope of falling pregnant. Yeah, so... I'll, I'll take it back to sort of the start starting point. So it was a few years ago now, um, Elise might want to talk about her situation, but she was without a cycle. So she wasn't getting a period due to her, just her health condition. That was pretty much impossible for us to fall pregnant because she wasn't ovulating or whatever. And I wasn't in great condition either. So every year for my birthday, for the past few years anyway, I, um, I get my family to give me challenges However old I'm turning, they give me, so when I was 30, they gave me 30 challenges and it might be anything. It might be like connect with an old friend, donate to a charity, give blood, jump off the bridge at Phillip Island, you know, like all this random stuff. Cause I just, I just, I told them that they have free reign. I can do anything. So one of them was strangely enough, get a sperm test. I think my parents wanted grandkids. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I went and got a sperm test and it was like a, a really low sperm count and poor quality and everything like that. And the doctor's gone to me, oh, like you need to do another uh, another test. And it's like, you know, it might be something that you need to really uh, focus on because um, it's it's really below average. And I thought, oh, well, like I'm, I'm fit and healthy and I'm 30 years old. Like I thought I was sweet, but um, yeah, it was just a good indication of what my overall health was. So for me, that's what it was that moment for me. And then Elise at the same time was getting her hormones back on track just with changing her training habits and how hard she was going and everything. So we both sort of came together and 
I remember probably the very moment where we really decided like, let's go all in is when we decided to stop drinking together. I think at this stage, we didn't really have any intentions of falling pregnant either. We are just like, let's get healthy because I'd been sick. I, I had pneumonia and I just got better. And we're like, oh man, we need to sort our lives out. Like we think we're being healthy, but really like look at the condition we're in and we're not. So the moment we were like, we poured ourselves a red wine and we're like, what are we doing? Like, I just got, I just got better. I pretty much just got out of hospital. I'm having a red wine and Elisa's like, I'm trying to get my, my period back. So we're like, let's stop drinking. And it was like a cascade from there. We then came across some people who influenced us with our diets. And I went, I went carnivore for like a solid year pretty much. And along with that, I actually worked with a guy who specializes in, in that sort of lifestyle and it wasn't just eating meat. So it was stuff like what we've got in our box is cutting out toxins, doing like a big detox of if you have been using certain products or drinking tap water or, or drinking alcohol and doing all these things, it was like a, it was an overall thing that he got me to do and, and it had to do with getting sunshine and exercise and, and getting the right sleep pattern going. And yeah, I think, um, by the time we ended up actually falling pregnant, we were feeling the best we had ever felt. Elise had got her period back. My sperm was back to normal. And we're like, wow, like we just generally, you know, worked mm-hmm. on our like <laughs> our physical and mental health. And that's all it was. Like we didn't have to take any specific supplements. We didn't like go down the path of any fer- like IVF treatments or anything like that, which obviously is, is sometimes what people have to do. Um, but for our circumstance, we're like, why don't we come up with a program because someone who wants to fall pregnant that goes out and drinks a few times a week and smokes and uses products full of shit or, you know, cooks with certain um, cooking utensils, things things as small as that that people don't realise affects your sperm health. Like, why don't we, like, come up with a program to show people what we did? And that's basically how it started. So, Mm. yeah, Elise fell pregnant and then we're like, oh, let's write programs for people because we train together and we can help them. And, you know, we did other things like, eat dinner and go for a walk after dinner because it helps with digestion and we'd connect. We'd mm-hmm. wake up the same time every morning and have a coffee together and I don't know, talk about our day. I don't, so it, it really just cultivated from us spending so much time together, working on similar goals and then bang, Elise fell pregnant and we're like, let's share this with other people. That's awesome. It's really inspiring. And because looking at you guys, we were having a look on Instagram. Before. Having a little stalk. Yeah, having yeah. a little stalk. And, yeah. and you both come across as, you know, these extremely fit people very healthy people living great lives, very inspiring. But Elise was telling us off air just before that around this time, you had a very low body fat count. You were training really hard. So was overtraining part of it? Yeah. So with the overtraining, it does cause a lot of stress on female hormones. And with that as well, it can lead to a lot of injuries. So like, because it causes low bone density, So for me, I've been training pretty heavily since I was 21. I'm 29, turning 30 soon. But I was doing CrossFit. I was running, strength training. I never really gave myself any rest. And being a female coach as well, you kind of got this perception around you that you're always active. You're always go, go, go. So for me, I felt like I was really holding onto this ideal person, like this ideal shape. It's like I'd never really stop to think about myself properly. And I knew that not having a period was not good. It had been about five years since I'd had a period, but I loved what I was doing so much. Like I loved 
training hard. I loved that, you know, my muscles were really chiseled. Um, and again, just holding on to that identity that I'd created. So the tipping point for me was I'd actually joined a running squad and was getting really, really good at my running, but I kept getting injured probably every two months. It would be a little stress fracture in my shin or it would be a little niggle in my hip or my glute had a tear in it. It was like every couple of months it was just, you know, I'd go forward and then I'd take 10 steps back. So the tipping point for me was I went on like this really long run. I think it was about 16 Ks and I had a really sore shin the whole time, but I just kept running. And then by the next day, I couldn't even walk on it. So I saw my physio and he's like, you've actually done some really big damage. You've got a high grade stress fracture on your leg um, and you've got to take 10 weeks off. And at that point I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? I've, I know I need to get my cycle back. Um, you know, I'm getting injured all the time. So the very next day I just went completely all in. I like stopped training, didn't even really go for walks. I just ate heaps and heaps of food, like more than I'd ever eaten in my life. <laughs> so my goal was to just really relax, put on weight and let my body kind of come back from the deficit that it had been in for so long. And I was introduced to breath work. So I started doing daily breath work, meditation, yoga. I started doing ice baths with Paul. We'd go to the ocean, jump in the ocean. I'd do cold showers, pretty much the opposite of everything that I was doing. And in six weeks, I got my period back. And then from there, it was just, there was no going back. I just completely changed the way that I train. I learned how to train around my menstrual cycle. So you know, training at different intensities, depending on where I was in my cycle. So I did a lot of study and um, just reading up on that sort of stuff and then integrated that into my own coaching. So I then influenced my clients to do the same thing. We kind of got about, I think I'd had about five cycles and I said to Paul, I'm like, I, I really want to be a mum. Like, mm-hmm. I think because my hormones were sinking and I finally had all those female hormones actually working, it made me feel that real maternal kind of instinct. And yeah, I was just craving to be a mum. So I felt the healthiest I'd ever felt. So did Paul. So I sort of said to him, I'm like, let's give it a go. Like, do you want to try next month? So we tried the following month and we succeeded. So yeah. And that's why it happened so quick because I, in my head, I thought that it would take a long time because of the troubles I'd had with my cycle previously. So I thought, you know, we'll just start trying now. We're about to leave in the van, but it probably will take, you know, at least four months. At least we'll be four months into our van trip. But it happened before, about two weeks before we left in the van. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely happened quicker, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Listening to both your stories, you said, isn't it incredibly sad to think that so many people live their whole life like that and they, they don't change, whether it be you at least getting that injury and actually having that realisation of, fuck, I need to change something here because I need to put myself first. And you, Paul, like, I'm getting sick all the time. We're opening a bottle of wine. Like, having that realisation, some people, some people will just still drink that glass of wine and think it's not that. Like, oh, it's not a question. It's more just a 
get your thoughts. Like, how sad is it that so many people are going to live the rest of their lives like that and they're not going to change because they don't realise that? Well, I've got to say, like, we probably had hundreds of opportunities before that moment that we had too. Like, we would have a big weekend and go out and party and then we'd finish and be like, oh, man, what are we doing? Like, we can't handle this. We're not, we're not suited to that lifestyle and we know what's better for us but we'd just go back and do it again the next weekend. But for whatever reason, it was just the timing and the people we're associating with are really helpful and supportive and inspired us. I think it was just, it just came to us and yeah, but you're right. Other people like there's probably 50 year olds out there that still sort of live that lifestyle and don't realize how, how it can affect their quality of life. But some people are, are, I don't know, maybe we were just at that stage where we, we were ready for it and we, we were unhappy sort of in that position. Some people are 50 and do all that shit and they're fine. So, you know, yeah. it just depends on who you are, I guess. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So at this stage in your lives, when you've sort of cleaned both yourselves up, you know, I thought you sounded pretty clean before that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> another level is probably a better way to put it. And you're in this new headspace and then you decide on this van trip. This is what I'm really excited to hear about. Can you tell us about the mindset, why you decided to go on this trip, what the original goal was, but maybe even start with where you were prior to that in your lives, you know, your everyday lives, your nine to fives or, or anything like that. Yeah. So for Paul and I, we were both, before we left for the van, we were both in really great position with our work. So I was three years into my business and it was probably doing the best it had ever done. It took you know, by the third year, I really had built some really great clients and also had my online business. So I was creating really good income. I was working from home, so I had no overheads. Paul had been with his business for 10 years and he was in a really good position with work as well. We had an investment house, like we bought houses over the years and renovated, always had like good money in the bank. But for some reason, I don't, we just didn't feel completely satisfied with the path we were taking. And I think me especially, I always used to say to Paul, like, let's just go travel Australia or, you know, let's go live on the East Coast somewhere. But for Paul, his mindset was very just stuck in the, no, nah, this is my job. I've got a great job. You know, I've been there for 10 years, earning good money. This is, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to move on and create my own business, do, you know, my own air conditioning business. So... Yeah, there was more. I was swaying to one side, but Paul was quite content with where he was. And then when things started changing with our health and Paul got sick and then we started thinking about improving our health and really changing our lifestyle, I think that changed Paul's view on things as well because I don't know exactly why it changed for you. (laughs) Do you know why it changed for you? Um, I don't know. I think maybe just, like I said, really like a paradigm shift. And in, in that moment, like for me to say, I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. That's a pretty fucking weird thing. Like I've drank since I was 14. <laughs> you know? I think I was that like my wit's end with everything. And I was like, well, if, if we commit to traveling around Australia now, we can have it done in a year and we'd be back and we move on with our life. But yeah. um, if not, we set it up and we're 50 and we've got kids. It's just not going to be the same. So we just decided to pull the trigger and, And I think I remember the moment too, we'd gotten married in Santorini the year before. So in the September, the year before. And I remember us being in Europe and we were just like walking, sun was shining on us. And Paul had never traveled overseas besides like Bali or Thailand. So this was really 
really eye-opening for Paul. And he was just like, I could see us doing this. Like we, we need to get out there. We need to travel. So I feel like that was a moment that really opened Paul's eyes up to, to see that there isn't just one way of living. You can really you can really do so much. So when we got back, we bought a van. <laughs> when we got back, <laughs> pretty much a month later, we got back and bought a van. So that's where the idea actually started before we even went on our like health kick. <laughs> yeah, I I've got to give a shout out to wait. Do you know, do you remember Benny Poole from YCW? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he was in America in his RV traveling across America. Yep. And that's pretty much what triggered it for me. I was like, man, he's like, he's a bit older than me and he's out there doing it. Like, yeah, he seems like he's having a ball. So he influenced me. And then, cause I, I said, I oh, want we'll get a Mercedes then. Like we decided it over there after we got married, we're like, let's do it. When we get back, we'll do it. And then everywhere we looked, we just saw Mercedes sprinters and people traveling. I'm like, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely going to have to do it. So yeah. Did you guys ever feel like it was, it was just a life of ticking boxes. Like that's, we've got to tick all these boxes, you know, all right, we've ticked the investment property box. We've ticked the work box. We're both working good jobs. Ticking yeah. the marriage box. You know, give us your thoughts on that. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and I was in love with the process because I was yeah. like, I'm not creative. I don't know. <laughs> like if, if I didn't have those things and structure to follow, I would just be like some boring bum that did nothing. Like I was like, cool, I, I got investment property. And yeah, we got married and... Like we did all that standard sort of stuff, but then obviously we got to a point, yeah, like that paradigm shift we had, it was like, okay, let's, let's change. But we never thought we'd get to the here as well, because like now we're living in the hinterlands of Byron Bay. We've met like a bunch of new friends up here who we're starting a business with. We, we're going to be working together. We're living completely different lives. And like, I think just taking that first step and, and like trusting your intuition is a really powerful thing and luckily we had support we before we left in the van we lived at our parents house to sort of transition from our own house to the van and leave like so we we understand that not everyone is in that same position but I, I sort of didn't think that we were capable of it just based on all those things like having the, having the houses investment properties and solid jobs and stuff and it was really hard to break up with all that but it's been worth it and mm-hmm. we found ourselves in like a great position mm-hmm. not that we were like super unhappy in the position we're in but mm-hmm. definitely feel like a different sense of freedom and yeah we've got a whole new perspective on yeah. life because we decided to do it and i feel like it's made us trust our intuition more than ever because doing one thing opened up another door so then you realize like the more you do that the more you take a risk and do something that just doesn't you know, makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable because there's the unknown. Something good always comes out of it. So for us, it's, yeah, it's kind of addictive in a way. It's just like you've got to keep following that intuition and doing things that are a little bit scary. For sure. Leaving the comfort zone is addicting. It's so addicting. I totally yeah. that. Can you remember that first day when you left? Can you remember how you're feeling? Were you feeling excited or scared or, or we've made a big mistake here? Like how... Can you remember those, those conversations or anything like that? I remember it very clearly. Yeah, we're like, we're sort of like little kids, hey? We're like <clears throat> driving out the driveway, high-fiving each other, like, fuck yeah, we're doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, parents, like, we're in the driveway, like, waving, yeah. we're like, yeah. And then awesome. when we're on our way, we're just like, oh, my God, this is the moment we've been thinking about for 12 months. 
we always said, oh, imagine when we first take off and we kind of had that moment and it was really cool. Yeah, it was just fun. <laughs> but like, I mean, we had a, like a bunch of savings back then too from work and investments and stuff like that. So we're like, we'll live off that for 12 months plus the lease can keep working on the road. So we never like really had any moments of doubt, like, oh, fuck, how are we going to do this? Like we were sweet for, and we'd come across people on the road in their own vans and they'd be sitting there on their laptops and like they had no form of savings and they're sitting there on their laptops, I don't know, like trading stocks or whatever yeah. they're doing, yeah. you know, selling bikinis. There's so many like little entrepreneurs out in the road just making it work. Yeah. And we just always had like a real comfortable feeling leaving and yeah, by the time we were ready to go, we were like holidaying. But it wasn't so much of like, let's work and make this a, a lifestyle. Yeah. We were like, let's go on a holiday. But sort of turned into something else, which which has led to, led us to this. But yeah. I don't, I, don't, right. I don't know if you've read, have you read Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek? Yeah, I have, yeah. And he talks about many retirements. And I was just thinking of you guys then because, and it is, we talk about it all the time, but the idea of working, you know, in your job until you reach 50, 60, 70, retire, I just look at you guys and I'm like, it seems like such a smarter and healthy way to live in terms of going away for a few months, coming back home, working hard and going away for a few months, like enjoying life now while you're young. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because, I mean, we left, we left in the van November last year and then by January we'd moved to New South Wales and found somewhere to live. But even to this day, Paul and I will be walking and he'll be like, oh, we're just on holidays. <laughs> like we're not on holidays anymore like we actually live here but that's yeah. what it feels like when when you're kind of creating a life by design and not doing the standard nine to five and you know we get to spend our time with each other and even being pregnant like a lot of guys wouldn't even be around their partner while their partner's pregnant they'd be at work come home see her at night but we've spent every single day together just so Paul's been so involved with everything, like all the new little movements I'd get or I don't know. It's just been really it's awesome. special. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely something that we want to continue for the rest of our life, those little mini retirements. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Your, your story is setting my soul on fire. Yeah, me <laughs> too. I'm getting so pumped up. Yeah, Wade, like you went on your road trip recently, right? Yeah, mate. Yeah. And like super liberating isn't it like you just that space you have in your head where you disconnect from everything like we've had that for <laughs> six months now yeah. and it's like i seriously feel like a different person six months ago and i feel like in a better way for myself and for like friends and family as well i just i just had the opportunity to like step back and really think about things and yeah just like you really get a chance to really get to know yourself and it's it got pretty hard at one stage and I came across some people on the road who I never would have come across unless we were traveling he's basically been like a mentor to me and, mm. and really helped me through things and no shit we've probably made like on the road we've made probably 20 people but 20 friends that we've kept in contact with and like they're all very similar to us as well so like if we do go out for for dinner or something no one drinks like it's sort of you know you attract you start to attract the similar sort of people to you are well, like, not that, i mean i don't i, I gotta be careful saying stuff like that because i don't care if people drink or go out for dinner my point is like you sort of attract people who live in the same lifestyle yeah and, um, and back home like there's people there but when you go out and explore there's like it's just a whole a whole world and, it, and we just did the east coast it's crazy 
Yeah, no, it's a law of attraction. It's it's so intriguing. And I've found that in my life too. We talk about this all the time, even with our podcast, who we end up interviewing and connecting with and who our social circle is. Oh, we, well, I know you do, but I love hearing this story. It's so cool. So tell us about actually moving into to where you are now in New South Wales. Because the other thing to consider for the listeners as well is that you guys took off during COVID with borders slamming shut every two seconds in Australia. So that's another kind of, interesting element to it but yeah tell us about settling down in new south wales yeah so we pretty much had the van ready to go we we're probably like a month off leaving and then they shut the borders so then we had to i think we ended up waiting for like six or maybe even nine months or something maybe yeah. maybe six months or whatever it was it was a long time and we were, we we're living in elisa's parents house because we packed up our own house and had the van there ready to go and we we're like sweet we'll be back we'll be back in a year's time and then we can sort of our lives will just roll on then as soon as they shut the borders, we're like, okay, we'll just wait around. They'll be open soon. And then it dragged out for so long. And like the day the borders open, we're pretty much waiting at the border <laughs> in the van. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, we had we it packed, ready to go. Day. So as soon as they go, yeah, open. And then, and then we took off since being up the coast. We haven't had to deal with anything. Like, especially where we are, we're sort of back out in the country. And like, I haven't seen someone wear a mask since I left Melbourne in six, like, six months ago. So yeah. it's like, you don't even realize it's on. So if you don't listen to the news or you don't sort of yeah. follow up on stuff, you don't even know it exists up here, which is pretty cool. But, you know, still talking to family and that, and they're all shut down and, and they own businesses and they're really affected. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's different up here. You mentioned um, the word connection and like you guys going on a morning walk. And I, I have played close attention and I like your little nightly routine, going and picking the orange together. <laughs> I, like, I like that. I genuinely do. But can you tell us, I guess, what this has done for your relationship and just having this time together? I'm sure there'd be lots of people and lots of other relationships or couples out there that would think, fucking hell, I couldn't spend all day every day with my partner. Or what has it done for you guys as a, in your marriage? I think, well, for me, I've pretty much seen Paul in the last 12 months go through like a massive transformation in just himself and spending so much time with each other. It's been really beautiful to watch that and to see him grow into the person that he is. And I think the more that Paul's learning and discovering about himself, we kind of express it to each other as we're going through it. So he might be learning something or trying to get his head around a different way of thinking or communicating. So he'll communicate that with me and it kind of forces me to grow with him and understand the way that Paul communicates and, you know, Paul does the same for me. So yeah, like we never get sick of being around each other. It's actually funny because we say that every now and then we're just like, we never get sick of each other, but (laughs) I think it's because we do just, genuinely have a lot of respect for one another and just communicate really well with one another. So I respect Paul's choices and his vision and his goals and the way that he likes to live his life and even just the way that he likes to communicate with me um, and other people. And yeah, he does the same for me. So it's just made it a really enjoyable relationship. Mm. Yeah. I'll just add one of the first things for us too, which like looking back, it's pretty cool to think that that everything that we're doing now could have possibly stemmed from this thing, but we would get up and have a coffee in the morning. So no matter what time it was, we'd always get up and have a coffee in bed together and we'll drink in like this 
coffee. It's like performance enhancing coffee. It's before you speak. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah, key. It's, yeah. it's so good. But So we'd sit there in bed. Sometimes I'd have to go to work at six in the morning and we'd be sitting there at five o'clock having a before you speak and we'd be buzzing, just talking to each other. And like, that's when we're making plans. That's when we're, I think we're just peeking off the coffee. So, but no matter what time it was, sometimes I'd go work in Ballarat from Frankston and it'd be a three, four hour drive, whatever, around trip. And, and I'd be up at like three in the morning, but at least would be up and have a coffee with me. Like, oh, yeah. we just made that our thing. Like if we spend an hour together in bed every morning, sitting there having a coffee, then that was a chance for us to connect because then I would work 12, 13 hours a day and come home and go to bed, like go training and then go to bed and not talk to her. But at least we always had that hour in the morning. Yeah, it was always our hour. It yeah, was, we, and we're always was, like, that's, that was a really, I don't know, it was a really cool habit to um, develop. And it's, and then like when we do stuff like go and get the orange, it's like we create little rituals together and stuff, which is good. Yeah, it's a non-negotiable. And I think daily non-negotiables are so important. Like I think of my daily non-negotiables, which are, you know, drink three liters of water or, be in bed by 9.30, which never happens. Um, you know, having these daily non-negotiables, it's so important to have non-negotiables with your partners, you know, knowing, all right, this hour or this night or we're doing this. And a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. And it's even even going to bed, like we go to bed together. And even recently, I because I'm due to give birth at the end of next month and I really want to start drawing my energy inward and really calming my nervous system. So I said to Paul the other week, I want to stop drinking coffee now. So I've drank coffee my entire pregnancy. It was probably the only thing that helped me when I was feeling nauseous as well. Um, But yeah, I was like, I'll I'll stop drinking coffee. And Paul's like, cool, I'll do it with you. So I don't know. We just do things like that. It's just, if one's doing it, the other one will do it too, just to support. So you always feel like you're not doing things alone. Yep. This is a uh, good episode for couples counselling, I think. Yeah. Um, well, how about, who wants to tell the story of uh, of how you guys met? We, we need what a good love story. Yeah, we want. So, and it, there's a chance to lie as well, and, and a bit of mayo on it. Yeah, I'll I'll tell it. I've started a few times, so people are probably sick of hearing it. But we didn't know each other. Oh, sorry, I got. How old were we? <laughs> yeah, I was twenty one. Twenty one. So we're pretty like pretty young. We were out at uh cherry red in frankston's like the nightclub out there nice. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> revolving dance floor yeah. uh, rest in peace cherry yeah, red. Not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're out there and we're hooking up and just being like little kids and, yeah. and having a bit of fun and then elise came back to my house that night we we're both pretty drunk <laughs> and um we were in the back of the cab and we were just laughing and we actually got along really well straight, straight away. Like we'd never met each other before this moment and we're in the car like we'd been friends for a long time. Anyway, we're driving around and Elise going, oh, I live somewhere around here as well. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, this hot chick is li- lives close. This could be really convenient. And then, um, yeah, we woke up the next day and like at the back of my parents' house in the laundry, there's a view and it sort of looks down a hill. And Elise is like, this is the view that I get from my house. And then like, sort of hard to explain. It wasn't so obvious, but our corners of our houses, parents' houses actually meet up. So we're neighbours. And um, we'd live next door to each other for five years and we never knew. Yeah. So from that moment, I think we were jumping the fence like every night for a month straight. And um, yeah, and it's funny to look back now because like when we think about that and then we're, 
we spoke about it at our wedding in Santorini and like getting married in Greece. And when we're, we're talking about jumping the fence, climb through bushes to get to each other. And <laughs> yeah, it was just there. It was, it was really, it's, it's a really cool moment. So yeah, we're, like we're up here and our parents, they, they jump the fence and have a drink together every few weeks and catch up and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how it all flourished like that. Yeah. And appreciate the honesty as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Let's jump into, I guess, now the more specifics around, can you tell us about, the, the box. And I want to talk about the supplements that are inside it. And I'm really keen to get into, I guess, the carnivore side of things too. Like, I see you guys posting all the time, you're eating bloody liver and organs and all these things. Give us a little rundown, you know, what, what, what's it all about? Who wants to do this? <laughs> yeah, Elise, can you talk about the boxes and I'll talk yeah. about carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul does carnivore, not me. <laughs> okay. So in the boxes, they're pretty similar. And we've got beef liver for both males and females. Beef liver is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, well, any organ meat really. So that was something that we had to have in the box because it just covers so much nutrients for your body. And it was something that Paul, he ate it raw, like three times a week. I used to have it in capsules. And this was during our, like, I guess our preconception phase. Our preconception phase as well was unknowingly. Like we were working on our health, but didn't have the intention of wanting to conceive after, but it kind of just led to that. So the supplements really reflect what Paul and I used to do. So yeah, we've got beef liver, um, bone broth in the guys. So Paul would make batches and batches of bone broth every single week. So that was something that we wanted to have in the box for the guys. We've got collagen which is a really important protein. And that's something that we both had in our diet as well during that phase. And then we've got some stuff that's really good for detoxification as well. So we've got a zeolite clay, which is like from an, a volcanic rock and that helps to detoxify and like draw heavy metals from the body. So that's that element of, I guess, helping people reduce their toxic exposure and stuff like that. So it goes along with our protocols that we have. And we've got folic acid, so that's a mineral, um, and that provi provides the body with really essential minerals and electrolytes. So just based on conventional farming practices, a lot of the soil um, doesn't have as much nutrients in, in it anymore. So that then means that our food doesn't have as much nutrients as well. So these minerals is just like a few drops in your water and it helps give you those minerals that we're lacking in our food. On oh, the girls have a hormonal tea. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like a tea that helps with like any menstrual discomfort, um, helps to balance hormones, yeah. anything like tender breasts and stuff like that. So yeah. it's all relevant to the foods and practices that we took during our preconception phase and we've been able to put it into a box. Yeah. Before you jump into carnival, Paulie, all these things, Elise, are they also crucial for people that aren't even trying to, to have a baby too and for general health? <laughs> Pretty much. So we've said, because like when once this is all launched, we want to get our parents taking the box and obviously yeah. like they're not trying to have a baby. So it doesn't matter if you're wanting to fall pregnant or not. These supplements and just taking these boxes with these protocols and changing your lifestyle, it's going to improve your overall health. And that's our main goal. It's, it's improving people's health because when your body is healthy externally and internally, it reflects your reproductive health as well. So they go hand in hand. Go on, Paul, jump into it. What's, what's, tell us all about it. Where did it start? You know, why, why are you doing this? Eat steak and eggs. That's pretty much all you need to do. <laughs> I don't really know where to start, but 
I guess I could start with um, a guy called Dom who his Instagram name is Origins Nutrition. I worked with him for like two months. He wrote a program for me and, and taught me a lot about sort of a more ancestral way of living. I got to admit, I've chilled out a bit on the carnivore now. Like I still, I still pretty much do it, but like tonight I'm having a, a sourdough pizza for dinner. So, you know, <laughs> just in case Elise calls me out or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, well done. You're getting first. Yeah. Um, but probably the best thing working with Dom and starting like this carnivore thing, it, like I said before, it wasn't just like eat animal products. It was like get rid of any sort of man-made chemicals that you're slathering on your body. So for example, deodorant sprays have stuff in them. Right. So certain soaps. So it's, and it's just like about getting either not using it at all. So when I first started, I completely detoxed. I didn't use anything. Like I, I had cold showers and I rinsed because he'd said, don't, you don't want to open up your pores to let some certain oils out. So he's like, just rinse. If you stink too bad, then say, go maybe use some deodorant, but like just cut everything out. So I was pretty much a hundred percent just eating meat. I'd eat like, fish, steaks, oysters, bone broth, all that sort of stuff. But along with that, yeah, um, avoiding any of the, the toxins and, and then getting the right amount of sunlight at the right, at the right time of day without a shirt on. So it's really soaking up into your skin. Yeah, just like nailing all those sorts of things, which like our ancestors would have done a long time ago. He just sort of got me doing those. That's where my sperm just like skyrocketed and, and was, was the best it's, it's been. Not that I've had a lot of sperm tests, yeah. but it was like better in the past. Ulcers in the mouth as well. Yeah, like I, well, w- without sort of realizing, like I had ulcers in my mouth every, like it was, wasn't often where I didn't have an ulcer in my mouth. And sometimes I had like five or six at a time. And um, since I started doing that, they always went away. So I don't know if that was from products I was using or the food that I was eating, but I guess it's a sign of some sort of inflammation in the body that it's not liking. So is, yeah, is, is toothpaste one of those chemicals? I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, I stopped them yes. all at once. But, um, yeah, it could have been any of those things. And, like, you guys probably now, like, I don't know how far you go with it, but deodorant, toothpaste, cologne. Like, guys wear cologne and there's stuff in cologne that's, like, we, we educate our, our um, clients on that, like, you, you should stay away from it because it can affect your hormones. Like, mm. they're, they're hormone-disrupting chemicals. So... It, like it imitates estrogen in the body so the, like you know whatever gives a guy man boobs that's what that's what um is sort of like in these products that's how your body reacts to those products and like that's why it affects your reproductive system so much yeah because correct me if i'm wrong but over the last 50 years in particular we've had a massive drop in testosterone and estrogen levels sex hormones just all over the world it's like an alarming kind of rate that people don't seem to talk about like now you're hearing well i'm hearing a lot about testosterone replacement therapy for guys and and carnivore diets and all this this like new wave of kind of thinking to counter because where supposedly our hormone levels were 100 years ago are completely different now at a a really low rate and an alarming rate of where we'll be in the next 10 or 15. Mm. Yeah they're actually down by like um like 50 percent. Yeah like that something drastic yeah so yeah. it's pretty concerning the thing the thing is too i was listening to an interview yesterday i can't remember who the lady's name was but she said so like that they, they lowered the standards every now and then as well so mm-hmm. say for example this is off the top of my head these numbers could be wrong but 100 million sperm was considered like the right amount in say 1980 whereas like now the average or you're sort of you're clear if you got 15 million per whatever however they measure it so like even the standards and everything are dropping just based on like whatever 
everyone, mm. whatever the condition everyone's oh, in. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. When you say that too, that, but that also just makes me think as well that I think the standards have dropped in health overall. So you go to a doctor, he, he's just going to give you the subpar of what is healthy. Healthy is up here, but the doctor's subpar of health is here. But no one, everyone just listens to their doctor. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing, that's all we're told is, you know, this is what is healthy. These levels, even with blood testing, some doctors don't even bother. If a 26, 27-year-old male went into a, a doctor and said, hey, I want to get my bloods done, a lot of doctors will say, no, you look fine and healthy. Unless something's really wrong, we're not going to do your bloods. Yep. Yeah, because they're not necessarily specialists in that area as well. I had the same issues when I didn't have a period and I'd go to the doctor. Um, most of the time it was a male doctor and I'd say, oh, I don't have a period. And he's like, oh, that's, that's pretty normal with girls with like who train at your intensities. So like he still said like that was normal and then told me to go back on the pill. So again, like it's not just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they specialise um, and know what's best for you in that sort of area. And that's why it's really good to outsource someone else in a certain um, practice, which is why I found a Chinese medicine doctor who specialised in female fertility health who was able to help me. And I guess, Paul, you're the same Dom, the guy who you worked with with the carnivore diet. He was incredible with his blood work. And even there's all the concerns about cholesterol with the carnivore diet and having high cholesterol, but he was able to, I guess, look at the different levels associated with high cholesterol and whether, you know, you might have high cholesterol, but if a certain other blood was at a specific level, then it was actually considered good. So I don't really know how to interpret it, but. Yeah, it's pretty, it's sort of complicated, but yeah, it's it's sort of got to do with ratios, like can uh, triglycerides with your cholesterol or something like that. And the doctor looked at it, he's like, yeah, you you need to come in. We need to talk about it. And I spoke to Dom and he's like, oh, look, not to like, disrespect the doctor or whatever but he was like based on this your levels are good because the doctor didn't really understand what yeah. i was doing either so he actually said they were like amazing mm, yeah, yeah and the did. doctor was like these are concerning you might need to come in and then he showed dom and dom was like these are actually amazing blood works so yeah. it was very different <laughs> so yeah I, again i just want to have to say that there's <laughs> a place for doctors and they can definitely help some people but you know <laughs> Yeah. Do you have, do you, like for the everyday person listening, do you have any tips to, to get this kind of thing? Like where would you go to get it checked? All these kind of important aspects of our hormones, our health that, you know, you're not going to get at the GP necessarily because it's not their specialty. But do you guys have any recommendations or any tips or anything like that? I, I think the GP is the place to go to get the blood referrals but I think knowing as well, like if you're working alongside a specialist, so just say you have some sort of specialist you're connecting with and they can tell you these are the bloods that you need to get. So because a lot of the time I found for me, especially if I ever wanted to get bloods for my hormones, they were the real standard checks and they didn't actually cover all the bloods that I wanted to get done. So my Chinese doctor would say, okay, when you go in, I need you to specifically ask that you want this, this and this done. So that's what I would do. So GP is definitely the place to go. And then once you've got the bloods, take them to your specialist or whoever you're seeing to kind of dick, like um, interpret them for you. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say too, now after looking at everything that we look at, like it's definitely worth doing. Even you guys might not want to fall pregnant, but a, a sperm count and getting your hormones checked is a good reflection of the condition you're in. So I would 
100% say people should do it because it matters for now. It matters mm. in the future. Like if it's something you need to work on, if you've got low sperm count now, then you've, the more time you can um, spend on optimizing your hormones to get that right, then the better off you're going to be because it's not just about falling pregnant either. We've found that like this stuff matters for when the baby's born. It can, yep. it can stunt development. It can cause other issues. So yeah, it's, it's definitely worth looking at and fixing as soon as you can. I know we're talking about, I guess, taking things away for the better of our health, but I want to ask the things that you guys have, I guess, taken out of your daily routine or, or you're not using, you know, whether it's utensils or deodorant or whatever it is, it's not related specifically to those items, but more or less, I want to ask about minimalism and being minimalist. Like you guys have now gone and lived in a van, you're now living in the state. Has that been a shift in your, in your mindset as well? Like you guys are now living a much... Do you have less stuff in your house? Or, you know, what, what, yeah, t- tell us about that because that's something I'm really intrigued about. Yeah, ooh, definitely. <laughs> well, we don't have a TV um, and, like, we, we're always TV people. So we've got the fire and we have a fire. Wait, wait, wait. you don't have a TV? No. Nah, screenless. We need to stress that. That's, like, <laughs> not, not crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and... I always wanted to try it, but I was always too scared because I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? But I just, I'll start the fire and read a book and we've got laptops here if we really want to watch something. Sorry, I just whispered to myself, I fucking love that. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe maybe the nice weather has a lot to do with it. Like we can go out and just chill on the, on the grass and we've, we've sort of got a lot of work to do on our laptops and stuff at the moment. So we're, we're busy, but... Yeah, with with everything else, like I I used to wake up and like I don't know have a have a pre workout drink, so like a concoction of chemicals, whatever, however they make it. Yeah, and then I'd like brush my teeth with normal toothpaste. I'd, I'd use three different soaps and shampoos. I'd get out deodorant, moisturizer, tooth cologne. You know, mm. I used to do all that sort of stuff, and now like I just had a shower. And I use like this nice organic soap and, and rinsed and that's all I've done. I haven't even put deodorant on because like I'm not going out and about today. So anything I can do to sort of reduce like any man-made thing, I guess, like I'll do that. And like, yeah. Um, but in terms of else? like even just our house, like we've got a, we, we scored a pretty big house here. Like <laughs> we actually don't know how we got it because there was nothing available. Um, but we've got landed this five bedroom house on this beautiful land and we've hardly filled it like we've got couches and I don't know like we've got our beds and like we've got spare bedrooms and stuff but I don't know we don't really care about setting anything up like even in our kitchen we've got like one big pot one small pot that we use and like we've got one pan that we use and yeah I don't know we I think we did living in the van and having such a small space and then getting out of it you realize you don't need heaps of the one thing yeah you think those things are necessary but you can do without like we we don't have a microwave like we didn't have one in the van and now that we're here we're not going to get a microwave either like you just heat things up on the stove so it definitely does change your perspective of that being yeah minimalist (laughs) it's it's a bit easier to once you grasp that and start living that way it's a bit easier too because then you don't worry about getting all the extra little gadgets and stuff you do have like the few things you need and then that's it. Then you just worry about other things. But we've, we've been, we had a whole house full of stuff. So packing it up and moving into the van, we're like, we're not doing this again. Like we couldn't wait to get out on the road and like have a fire on the beach and eat dinner on, on the sand or whatever. And like not even have a table or chairs or anything like that. Like we were, we're hanging out for that. So mm-hmm. that was, de- that definitely 
that'll be us for like the rest of our life. I reckon we'll sort of live that way, which is cool. Yeah. I think it's great. And I hope that a lot of our listeners sort of consider that if they've never had that experience, it changed my life. I did a six week kind of trip where I was living out of a suitcase and nowhere I was going to be the next day. And that genuinely changed my life. And that's how I want to live. Like, like you guys are talking this whole time. That's kind of what I see for myself in the future. It's what I want. So I just want to, I suppose, encourage people to, to give it a go, even if it's for just like three or four weeks or like what Doss did. Doss did two weeks, got in the car, drove up the coast. I just, yeah, recommend that for people. I'm sure you guys would do the same. Yeah, and it's great that you you can see yourself doing that, like having that vision. The more you vision it, it's like it's already happened. It's already happening and that's that's plays such an important role in it too. Like you create the feeling in your body and your mind like it's already an event that has happened and yeah. it just pushes you closer towards like working towards it. Yeah. Before we finish up, we've been going probably nearly an hour and we, we ask this question a lot, well, I guess, but I'm really interested with you guys. But in terms of the opinions of other people and you guys have gone and lived the life you got, you both want to live, have you ever copped any backlash or not backlash or have you had people going, oh, when, fam, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? I think you guys are pretty settled and set. Have you ever had to juggle or cope with any negative, I guess, words from friends, family or... There's a smile there, so that means yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. We're really close with our families, so it was, it was quite hard for us to make the call. Like, my mum growing up always said, I don't care if you kids move away, but I never would move away from you guys. And, like, you know, oh. left me feeling pretty guilty when I decided to do yeah. this. We're a bit better now, but at the start, I don't know, I guess everyone was supportive, especially our family, but they were sort of sad to see us go. That was all that, that's all that we really felt. And then, yeah, I guess since like changing our lifestyle and stuff completely, we've drifted away from old friends and nothing against them or there's no like um, bad energy between us or anything, but it's just sort of the way that it's happened. And that really affected me personally. Like when we, when we left, I, I had a real tough time, like drifting away from people and not being in contact and then feeling like maybe I was judged for doing things a bit differently. And that's sort of what Elise says when she sees me growing and thinking about things differently now. Originally, I was sort of like in my own head making these things up, like getting defensive and going like, oh, well, you know, like who cares? We're happy. Like, fuck, fuck them. If I'm doing this, then if anyone else, if anyone has anything to say or judge us about it, then, you know, like I was just being a bit funny about it. And then now I sort of look at it a bit differently and see it from their perspective and, and understand that like, I don't know, everyone's sort of doing their own thing and, we're good people deep down and we, we yep. know we're not hurting anyone. So mm. yeah, we definitely dealt with that. I actually think that was, that's probably been like the most important lesson I've learned lately is to still just sort of follow your heart and like trust you, trust that gut feeling. That's, that's huge. That's great advice. I really relate to what you were just saying then. What, what, what about you, Elise? Have you felt the same? Not really. No, I think more Paul kind of dealt with a little bit more. I, I come from like a family of four kids and we're all, you know, like my oldest is six years older than me. So we've all grown up quite independently. Like we've, you know, it's very hard for all of us kids to be together in in one spot because we all live such different lives and have kids and stuff like that. So I think for me moving away, like my family was pretty understanding of that because we've all just lived our life so differently Um, Whereas Paul's kind of had a really tight knit family of just like him and his sister. So I think his 
family kind of struggled a little bit more than mine. Not saying that my family didn't miss me or anything, but I think he just had a little bit more of like, yeah, it was just a bit harder to kind of communicate that between the two. But yeah, our families are very understanding of our position and where we are and they're so happy for us. Like they love coming up here and knowing that now every time they come up, they've pretty much got a holiday in New South Wales in the hinterlands. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, it's just nice to have their support more than anything. Yeah. But I haven't had, yeah, any, any issues with like any friends or anything like that. Yeah. You definitely get that feeling of judgment, which sucks, but yeah, just, yeah. just knowing that like, I think it's yourself too. Cause you feel like you're leaving everyone. Yeah. Like I felt guilty, like I'm leaving my family and I don't care about being with them. But it's it's so much more than that. It's so hard when you have a vision of somewhere that you want to be and a, a life that you want to create, but then you have so much guilt leaving people behind. So it's something that we've had to kind of just, you just have to take. It just comes with it as well. If that's the life that you want to live. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, what does the next, I know you said you about a month before you, your due release. So the next 12 months sounds very exciting for you guys in particular. What, what, what do you sort of envisage, or maybe even, even beyond the next 12 months, the next five years, do you think you'll stay where you are? Do you see yourself packing up and getting in the van again or getting in the car and going on a new journey with, with a barb or two? What, is, what are you kind of seeing for the next kind of five years? Well, for me, I think which something that excites me is that I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I think being here, it's so amazing, but I've seen how much our life can change in 12 months, like 12 months. I didn't think I'd becoming a mother now and living in New South Wales. So the thought of even another year from now, I don't know where we'll be. Mm. And I think we could possibly be somewhere else, whether it's up along the East, somewhere further along the East coast or whatever, but yeah, I think it's exciting actually not knowing any of that. I don't have a plan. Tashy rolls. Yeah, I never really have a plan with anything. <laughs> yeah, but Paul, what about you? I, I want to start my healthy baby in America and I want to be making big bank. I love that. <laughs> See, this is what we want. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, like, I'm not 100% sure either. We're, we've, we've set up here and we're pretty... We've got a bit of a routine going and when the baby's here, yeah, I think we'll settle in even more. But who knows? We've spoken about moving back home because of, because of our families and we've also spoken about moving up the coast and I don't think we'll convince our families to move up here, which would be ideal, but mm. there's a bit too much work to be done there. So yeah. we'll, we'll be busy with the business and I think really our focus will be on just helping people through My Healthy Baby. Yeah, and we've got visions for that to be really big and to be quite successful. So we're excited about that. We know it's going to do well. Because yeah. we just believe in it so much. Yeah. So yeah, we're excited. Well, I think we'll leave it at that, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think this will inspire a lot of people in, in many areas too. For sure. I just want to just acknowledge you both. I know I've known you, Paul, for a long time. And, and at least like just hearing, sitting in this, and I know we'll walk, we, we've said it to our last <laughs> guest, but we, we, we'll be honest. We'll finish this interview, what we do after every interview. Uh, our guest will walk out the door. And me and Deal uh, embracing a big hug and we'll say, how fucking good was that? Uh, that's what we do after every interview. And we'll do that after this, don't worry. But I just want to acknowledge you both because you're both living, you're striving towards a lifestyle that I know me and Dee both really want. Whether that be, you know, we're both single, so it's different. But we both, we know we want freedom, flexibility. And the way you said 
at the very beginning, which was you want to be able to work. You, you want to be able to be home when you have your, your child and, and, and children maybe eventually down the track but and not miss anything. Like Paul doesn't have to go to work and, and then come home and Elisa's the one at home with the kids. That's what I had growing up with my dad and he had his business from home and, and same with Dee and, and, and his family and I want that and you guys are doing it and I just want to say congratulations yeah. and well done. Like, it's, it's awesome. It's very inspiring. Like uh, I don't know, I don't know if you get it all the time or if you don't get it enough. But yeah, it's genuinely an unbelievable story to hear, and it's yeah, it's very. It just excites me. It's like what you can do with your life in such a short period of time, and and things can change quickly for the better. And yeah, I think it's a great story. Yeah, thanks. Thank, thank you for being so honest and open too, and generous with your time. Of course, especially it's obviously a very busy time for for both of you. So yeah, we, we can't thank you enough for jumping on. No worries. Thanks yeah. so much for saying that. I I definitely like hearing you guys just talk about it and knowing what you're doing. It, it's going to happen for you. So mm-hmm. however it happens, like I'm sure you'll get there. To think where to think about the position where we're in two years ago, making my way up through the ranks at a, at a as a tradesman, becoming a supervisor, earning good money, at least being tied to her business at home, and and then now we're here. It's, yeah, it can happen pretty quick too. So. Yeah, hopefully it inspires some people to take similar paths. I don't know. Well, if you if you if a van rocks up on your driveway in the next uh, couple of months, you know who it is. Way <laughs> 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 to contact you both, both business and personally, social yeah, media. Social media. My healthy baby is just that with an underscore at the end. That's sort of starting to take off, and we'll we'll really start smashing that soon because we're we're about ready to actually sell the boxes. So we haven't quite got to that point, but it's. I reckon um, within the month we'll be, we'll be actually selling boxes. So that'll be a good page to follow. And like I said, like all this stuff just relates to general health and wellness. So it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or not. If you're a guy, I'll be sharing heaps of stuff on there that's just going to be good for you, for you generally anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm range.seeker and Elise is just Elise Wintle. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. We appreciate your time and uh, super excited to see what's... Oh, well, I'm very excited for the baby to arrive yes. in the next yeah. month. Do you have a name? We do, yeah. Yeah, because we don't know if we're having a boy or a girl. So we've got a boy name and a girl name sorted. We only just sorted out the girls' names, but, yeah, all will be revealed. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to uh, get people to follow and stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. thanks for having us.